Welcome, everybody, to the 2023 version of the EFIS Baseball Cards Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Baseball. And guys, hope you had a great and happy holidays and a happy new year. I am very excited to ring in 2023. Uh, the holidays were a little bit tough on me. Didn't plan on having a uh, couple-week hiatus there. We actually had some episodes planned over the holidays uh, that I had to cancel because I came down with a bout of pneumonia, which was, <laughs> to say the least, pretty rough. Um, so if you guys hear me coughing or taking some deep breaths here and I run out of uh, steam, uh, you know, that's why it's the pneumonia. I've got a day and a half left on the antibiotics and I'm actually doing a whole lot better though. It was pretty rough for a while there. Thought I had COVID, did a bunch of COVID tests, all came back negative um, and found out a couple of days after Christmas that yeah, I had pneumonia. So do not recommend, 100% do not recommend to anybody. Um, but anyways, what we're here to talk about is baseball cards and it's just going to be me today. Uh, I just wanted to get you guys something this week. And with the holidays and with my sickness and everything, I've been sleeping a whole lot, hanging with the family the rest of the time. Uh, and I'm trying to get back to work tomorrow. So really just wanted to pop on and and give you guys a little bit of content and hopefully get back to you know the regular type programming next week. Um, but really... With it being the end of 2022 and the start of 2023, I thought it would be a really good, a really good point to just kind of pause. And at least for me, 2022 was a really big year in the hobby. Um, and I wanted to take a pause and just talk to you guys about maybe the biggest things that I have learned and how it is going to change how I collect in 2023. So I. I just kind of informally here made a list and really the five biggest takeaways for me um, for this year in collecting baseball cards, basically my my biggest observations, and then how it is going to alter my plan for 2023. I've had a lot of time to sit around and think as I lay in bed, and um, part of that thinking is thinking about, all right, what are my what are my collecting goals for the upcoming year? And based on how I did things in the past year, what can I tweak to really help myself get to those goals a little bit quicker, a little more efficiently, I could, you know, spending less money um, while still being patient and not overdoing it. Um, so yeah, that's really what this episode is going to be about. It's going to be a look back at 2022, hopefully a lot of things that you guys have already known. Um, and then just thinking about 2023. And I'd, I'd encourage you guys all to take a little bit of a pause. You know, we're in the off season. There's not much in the way of baseball card news right now. There's not, we, we seem to have gotten past that flurry of releases and most people are now kind of looking towards 2023, uh, tops and Bowman releases. So kind of a good time to take a pause. Um, and really, so I bucketed into five big observations and then what my five actions are from those observations. So the first one is I found myself in the past year chasing rookies quite a lot, uh, especially J-Rod. J-Rod was a special case for me. Um, just a guy that I, I really liked, the charisma, the way he plays the game, and especially when it seems that he's going to stick in center field and he's got the speed that we didn't really necessarily project. Because um, when I was 
buying J-Rug cards. Uh, I kind of thought of him as a corner outfielder and, you know, being a center fielder with a lot of speed is really going to raise raise the potential long-term for J-Rod. So I, I got really caught up in J-Rod hype, and you've, you guys have heard me talk a lot about J-Rod. Um, but I think, you know, we don't know what Tops is going to do with these rookie cards. And I think that's, you know, what this observation is. Um, he had so many good rookie cards throughout the year, but it was like every other month there was a new J-Rod card that was now his top rookie card. And really I thought it was going to be the series two SP. Um, so I went pretty hard on that one. And then from there, I was just kind of trying to keep up and making sure that I always had the best J rod. Um, and looking back at it, I just spent a lot of time and energy doing it, just buying raw cards, grading them, flipping them, um, all of that. And if I were to do it all again, which I'm going to get a chance to do in 2023, I think I would just be more patient with those rookies. And so there's some big ones this year, right? There's Adley, there's Michael Harris, there's Corbin Carroll, Gunnar Henderson, and probably a lot more that aren't popping to the top of my head, but I know it's going to be a really good rookie class. And a lot of those guys are going to have rookies in series one. Then surely there's going to be some guys that don't pop until series two and then update and, you know, some of them like Adley might get the wander treatment of they're going to be in every single set. Right. And then there are going to be guys that are going to get the J rod treatment of, you know, they might pop up for the first time in series two as a short print. Um, but I think really what I'm going to do for these cards is I'm just going to throw the brakes on a little bit. I'm not going to go crazy on the market. I'm not going to go crazy with grading. I'm just going to wait and I'm going to let the year play out. And I'm going to see what kind of years they have. And I'm also going to see what, what are the, you know, the top five or 10 rookie cards, because realistically they might have five, five or 10 really good rookie cards. Um, so it's hard to know what the best will be until you see all of them. Um, and even with J rod, I think we've seen almost all of them unless there's a tops update Sapphire card. Uh, that we haven't seen yet, but we still don't know what the best J-Rod rookie card is. Um, the best J-Rod quote-unquote investment is probably his first Bowman autograph, um, but, you know, so it, it may not even be any of these 2022 cards that everybody's chasing. That's not really the the way that I like to collect. I like rookie cards, so, you know, it's uh, it's tough, and I think so for me, that action means this year I am going to wait and I am going to buy rookies in the off season. Once I have a little bit larger sample size for them in terms of on-field performance, and I know what all the cards are going to look like. So yeah, that is takeaway number one. And I'm going to pause and take a deep breath because the pneumonia is creeping into the lungs and into my voice here. <laughs> um, but Number two is I, I think that some of the releases were really confusing this year and not what I expected. Um, so series two was not what I expected. I thought a lot of those rookies that were short prints, like the J-Rod, the Torque, the Wit, 
I thought they would have had base cards um, just because historically and traditionally, if you debut on opening day, you're probably going to get your rookie card in series two as a base card. Uh, and that didn't happen. Uh, and then even, even in Chrome, you know, if, if somebody has a short print in series two, typically they would have a base card in Chrome. And again, it didn't happen. And even the, <laughs> even the, the Chrome fiasco of then those guys weren't even in the packs and there was the whole silver pack thing. Um, so I, I was just a little bit confused by the releases at times. And, you know, I, I got a mega box of tops Chrome update and was a little bit disappointed by the quality control. I think I could say the same for regular tops Chrome, but tops Chrome update was, you know, ugh, it was really shaky. Uh, I did see something out that, Tops was issuing a credit of a certain amount for people that bought cases of it, um, of the hobby product, which seemed to be a little bit confusing because I don't, I don't know if it was for the QC or because the hobby product was the, exactly the same as the mega product. But overall, all in all, I would say Chrome, which is usually one of my favorite releases of the year, was a disaster all around. Um, so, yeah, I was a little bit confused by that. Um, and I think really what that means for me is I'm probably not going to do pre-orders in 2023. I pre-ordered a lot of product based on expectations that didn't come to fruition. So in 2023, I'm going to wait, I'm going to see the checklist. Um, and even seeing the checklist as we know, is not quite enough. I'm going to wait, I'm going to see the hits. I'm going to see the, the quality control on it. And see, are these cards that I really want to collect? Because, you know, I, I'm in this for a lot of different reasons. Part of it's, you know, the the quote-unquote investing, and a lot of it's the collecting. And for for me, for collecting, I, I don't necessarily want to collect a ton of product that doesn't have the players that I want. Um, and I definitely don't want to collect a ton of product where all of the cards looked dinged up or off center the way that tops chrome update did um so no pre-orders for me and i'm gonna wait and see i'm, I'm still gonna buy product um but i'm just gonna be a little more selective and i'm gonna wait it out and i'm not gonna have this fear of missing out before we even see a release so um and then number three for me i think uh for something that i just observed myself doing part of it because of the things that I've already talked about, but I just bought a lot of stuff that I ended up reselling. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to be a flipper. I don't want to buy and sell stuff. I want to be a little bit more focused and a little bit more disciplined and just buy the things that I'm going to want in my collection long-term. So whether that be singles or whether that be hobby product or retail product, I want to buy stuff that I want to keep. So if I'm buying a, a box out there, um, Stadium Club, perfect example, love the Stadium Club release, I will buy Stadium Club again next year, almost no matter what, um, because I loved that product and I loved everything, <laughs> really everything about that product. It was It was just incredible. Um, and I had some good hits from Stadium Club too, but I'm not selling any of them. It's it's stuff that I just want for my collection and I want to keep and I want to build that set and I want to keep it. Um, but other products, uh, even 
even Tops Update, which was great um, with lots of different players, I did find myself saying, I don't really necessarily love these cards. I'm not building a set. Um, so at the end of the day, I found myself just, you know, doing a lot of buying and selling. Um, and whether it be singles or stuff that I packed and it just, it, it looking back on it, it seems a little kind of counterproductive. I spent a lot of time and a lot of effort on it. And at the end of the day, what did I really do? Um, sure. I did add some cards, but for the most part, I didn't add a whole lot to my collection and I didn't really make any money and I didn't really spend any money. So I could have just, uh, you know, gone and read a book or something or taken a nap. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm just gonna, when it comes to product, I'm, I'm going to be more focused about what I buy and making sure it's something for my PC. And when it comes to singles, we've talked about J rod and some of the other some of the other things like I chased Lou Bob a little bit this year and then ended up selling everything within three months of buying it all. Um, so I think for me this year, I am making a, and it's in progress right now. I'm making a list of what are the cards that when I go and look back on 2023, what, what should be in my collection? Um, what are the big cards that I want? So I've, I've already started doing that. I've broken it into modern and then, We've got some vintage too for for that vintage project that I talked about with Mike in the last episode. Um, so vintage, I, I really, you can tell I'm going to have some influence from some recent documentaries. Um, so I really want that 69 tops Nolan Ryan. It's his first card that is just him on it. His rookie card is one of those combo rookie cards, but I really want the 69 tops Nolan Ryan. Uh, I highly recommend everybody go check out the documentary Facing Nolan on Netflix. Really great. Um, one of the really cool things was as a 90s kid, I you know, I know that Nolan Ryan pitched a lot of places, um, but I, I don't think I really ever knew or appreciated some of the trials and tribulations early in his career, especially that he wasn't always just a superstar, um, that it came tough for him at first and that when he went to Texas, he really thought he was going there for a year or so. And he, you know, he, he was pitching five years later. So, um, really good documentary. Um, then also one of our last living legends, Willie Mays. I don't know what card I want. I can't afford a rookie card. Um, but I do want some sort of Willie Mays card, um, from his playing days. And again, documentary influence, there's a really good, Net, or uh, I'm sorry, HBO Max documentary, if you have that. I think it's, you can just search Willie Mays and I'm sure it'll come up, but I think it's called like the Say Hey Kid or something like that. Um, also really good. Uh, and then the last one that I definitely want for my vintage is uh, a 55 Tops uh, Sandy Koufax. Again, another living legend. I just want to enjoy these cards while, while these guys are still around and with us. Uh, and I think Mays and Koufax are two of really our last living legends from that era of baseball. So, and from there, I'm just going to see what, what I get at card shows. I'm, I'm planning on trying to hit up the Burbank card show for at least a day uh, next month in February. And then there's a really good show uh, down here in San Diego 
Uh, it's called the Union Marketplace uh, in in Del Mar, and that's in March. So I'll see what I get at those shows. If I get you know a card or two at each show that contributes to that vintage roster of mine, I'll be very happy. Um, modern, I'm going to be a, even more focused, um, but I've got two upgrades on my list. So I want to upgrade my my Juan Soto hands on hips rookie to a PSA 10. And I want to update or upgrade my 2000 tops traded Miguel Cabrera to a PSA 10. So those are two big ones that I want to come out of the year with. Really, I would like to do those ones sooner rather than later, like right now in the off season, if I find the right deals. Um, Because I think, you know, with Cabrera, there could be more appreciation for him as he approaches the end of next year. I don't think he's going to do anything like what Pujols did, um, but I don't want to be fighting other people for the rush of him, you know, as he's approaching his retirement. Um, and Soto, I just think stock is down on Soto, and I think he's going to have a monster year. I, I think we have to remember, you know, even though he's a pro athlete, um, Juan Soto is a human being. He went through quite a lot this past year. He was dealing with all the trade rumors, you know, the contract negotiations, which I would love to have those types of contract negotiations. Uh, and then he moved cross country and basically played with a whole bunch of new people. So I'm just thinking about it for myself. If I picked up my whole life and moved it cross country and was living in an apartment or something, working with 25 strangers, um, you know, I'm sure my, my production would fall as well in my job. So yeah, I, those are two big ones. And then I do, I'm still really looking hard for a good 2017, uh, tops Aaron judge, the leaning on railing short print. Um, we talked about it back in the episode with Will, I, I, with him re-signing with the Yankees, um, I do think he's an iconic Yankee of this generation. So I do want that rookie card. And uh, I, I want a 2005 Topps Chrome Justin Verlander autograph. So um, both of those guys, even though it is the off season and prices have died down a little bit, you know, they've got big hype. Um, so I'll probably wait on those ones a little bit, but those are the cards. That's what I'm focusing on. Surely there's going to be some other stuff in there, but when I think about my goals, I want to be laser focused on building up my personal collection because again, you you guys have probably heard me say this, but what I want is 20 years from now, I want to be the guy at trade shows or card shows or whatever, or even just sitting in my living room that has the most iconic cards of the players that are the most iconic and meaningful to me. And these guys I named off, those are the guys. And these are the cards that I want to add to my collection this year. So that's, that's kind of my 2023 targets in terms of picking up cards. And I, I'd encourage you guys all to do the same because some of the, some of the smaller purchases and some of the, um, how should I say it? The more emotional and uh, FOMO type purchases, those, even if they are smaller, they, they do build up and they take away from your ability to um, buy some cards that may be more important to you in the long term. So I just encourage you guys all to, and again, no right or wrong way to do it. 
this is just how I'm going about things. So just think about for you, what is success in the hobby in 2023? If it's just rip packs and have a good time, then hell have at it. I mean, that's not the wrong way to do it. But if you are just trying to build up a really good collection of some bigger cards and more iconic cards, I think you've got to, you got to be really focused. Um, and then, okay. So going to the fourth, one of the mistakes that I made was, um, just not selling stuff, uh, when I knew it wasn't right for me, um, whether it's something I packed or a card that at one time I did view as potentially part of that PC. And, you know, for whatever reason, things have changed. Um, I think the right answer looking back has always been just sell it. Um, don't wait for it to go back up. Um, if it's something that is not special and meaningful to you and not something that you want in your personal collection, um, and especially if it's worth a fair bit, just, just sell it. Um, don't worry too much about the latest comp, uh, comps are always changing. Um, just, just really just unload it and use it to bankroll some of your bigger purchases. Um, you know, I've talked to a few people about letting the hobby fund the hobby. One really good way to do that is circle or grab all those cards that you have that may be meaningful to other people that aren't meaningful to you and get those into the right hands, get the funds into your hands and go and buy the cards that you want that are going to be special to you. Um, and just looking back for me, um, one of my mistakes this year was just not selling when I made that determination on cards. Eventually I did sell, um, but a lot of times the price was lower than what I could have gotten. So, you know, just if it's not for you, get rid of it, get it into the hands of somebody that, uh, that it is meaningful to. Um, and the last thing I would say is, Oh my God. And this is going to make me sound completely ignorant, but, uh, inflation is very real. Um, and I'm not going to be like doom or gloom, like some people are and saying the hobby is collapsing because I don't think it is. It's changing. Um, and outside macroeconomic pressures will certainly impact things like the hobby that are not necessities. Um, but yeah, I, the reason I, came to the, and again, it's news that everybody reads and everybody sees, but, um, I haven't really left my house in a couple of weeks. Sadly, I haven't seen any family other than my wife and daughter. I haven't really done anything because of this lovely pneumonia. Um, but when I was finally feeling well enough to do something, I was like, I'm going to start small. I'm just going to go to Sprouts and pick up a couple things, um, to the grocery store. And, so my wife usually does all of our grocery shopping. Um, and I went down the self checkout aisle and oh my goodness was <laughs> my jaw about dropped, um, four or five times as I was going, as I was scanning things and seeing the prices. Um, I mean, jars of pasta, like pasta sauce for like nine, 10 bucks. Um, that was that was the biggest one that jumped out at me, but just in general, almost everything that I rang up was ringing up at, I swear, like double what I would have expected it to be. Um, 
and maybe that is just, you know, for the past three years or so, um, it's either been my wife doing the shopping or, you know, we did a lot of the ordering groceries online, um, during COVID. Um, so I'm just not as used to just seeing those prices for individual items. And when I saw that, I was like, again, I'm going to sound ignorant, but I was just, it was kind of a no shit moment. I was like, wow, this inflation is really extremely real. And I've seen it other places, obviously, like houses everywhere are more expensive. Vehicles, even used vehicles are extremely expensive. Gas, it's come down a little, but it's expensive. But all these things are expensive. um, And it's taking, it is taking away people's money to do things that aren't necessities. And, you know, if you're listening to a baseball card podcast, baseball cards are probably pretty close to a necessity to you guys, but, uh, and they are to me too, but let's keep it real. Like we don't, we don't need baseball cards to live. Um, so it'll always take the back seat to other things. Um, but I was just shocked by it. And again, I, I don't think it's the hobby is collapsing or anything like that, but we have to recognize that very real pressure. Um, and the good thing for people that are in this hobby and that are long-term collectors is that that means it's a good time to buy. Um, prices are lower than they have been in the past. Do I think they'll continue to go lower? Yeah, probably at least, at least in the near term. Um, but I feel pretty comfortable or a lot more comfortable in buying some of these more higher end cards now than I would have even a year ago, because a lot of them are down quite a bit in price. So I think it's, it's a lot of different things. What my takeaways are overall, it is probably a good time to buy if you have money to do so, but I would be doing it in terms of building up a long-term collection. It is almost absolutely not a good time to buy if your intention is to turn around and flip. Um, Because I think we will see, really, I I think that best case for the overall market is we're going to see flat. Um, And that's best case. I More realistically, I think things will probably continue to trend down gradually. Not a crash, but I think things will continue to trend down just a little bit. Um, and really the, the players whose cards are going to go up are going to be your absolute elite standout performers. Um, you know, guys who come out of nowhere to hit 62 home runs to win an MVP, uh, or to just do something that was completely outside of the norm for them or the expectation for them. And that means it's going to be really hard to, just buy cards with the intention of flipping. So I think guys be patient and buy the cards you want for your, your long-term collection and for building up your, basically think of it as your treasure chest. You're, you're building it up for the future. You're not going to turn around and flip this treasure right now, but um, it is going to more than likely if you're buying the right players be worth more 20 years from now than it is right now. Um, so that I am comfortable with, at least for myself. But again, it just remember, there are lots of pressures 
like inflation on things and these are not necessities um these are basically luxury products at this point um so just think of it that way and enjoy the hobby enjoy these collectibles and collect them build out your collection and try not to focus on the money side of things um too much i mean really a lot of the reason that i'm tracking prices and i'm thinking about best time to buy and sell is not to make money i'm not here to try to make a profit on this i'm here to spend as little as possible to get the best cards as possible so when you hear about good cards to buy or things to sell it's all unique to the individual and what their collecting goals are. But for me, I'm viewing it all from the lens of how do I build out the most awesome collection that somebody's jaw is just going to drop at in 20 years while spending as little money as possible. Um, so yeah, that's my goal. Um, that's about all I wanted to cover. I'm, I'm running low on breath and energy. Uh, so again, guys, I just wanted to get you something this week. Um, I hope you had a great holidays. Hopefully we're again, back to, you know, our regular types of episodes with guests next week. I've got quite a few people lined up. I had somebody for, uh, last week's episode and this week's episode and I had to bail on both of them. So, um, we've at least got, you know, a few good weeks of content built in and, you know, things are, we're, we're only like two months away from the world baseball classic. So if you are looking to buy in the off season, just know it, you know, the hype might start a little bit earlier than it usually does because of that world baseball classic. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for a good year in the hobby again, guys in 2022, this was a huge year in the hobby for me. I've had a ton of fun starting this podcast. I've had a ton of fun with the support. Um, any of you guys that messaged me and were wondering where the episodes were uh, for the past week or so, um, thank you for being patient with me. It actually, you're not being annoying. It actually meant a lot and it, it felt pretty cool to have people reaching out and looking for it. Um, and it makes me feel like it's something that you guys enjoy. And uh, I, I'm really happy to, to be a part of it because I enjoy talking cards. Um, and honestly, this is probably about as normal as I felt in a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's really good. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the year. Um, again, follow, follow us on, uh, Twitter and on Instagram. The handle is at the EFIS pod for both. Um, you can also email me anytime the EFIS pod at gmail.com. Um, again, the, the next couple of guests that I have lined up are just listeners like yourself that just reached out and pitched topics that they wanted to talk about. And, um, uh, that's exactly what I want this to be. So don't, don't hesitate. Don't be a stranger. Um, if, if you have, you know, things that you like or don't like about the show or things that you want me to cover more on, just hit me up and I'll do my best. I'm always ears open and always listening. Uh, happy new year, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye.